Good morning, listeners. Welcome to Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio, your relationship mentor. Don't forget that. It's the holidays. Can you believe that we got through Thanksgiving? And if you're like many of us, we now face entering the scurry of shopping for holiday gifts. I was driving down the street the other day, and it took me much longer to get where I was going because of all of the people who are out holiday shopping. So the other day, I had a patient come into my office, and she was very depressed because she didn't have enough money to buy her teenager the gift he wanted. And guess what he wanted? He wanted a car. So many of us hearing this might think, oh, my gosh, her teen is so spoiled. But let's think about this for a minute. This patient, and we'll call her Betty, and Betty's going to be the name that I give to every conglomerate of patients I talk about on the air. She never discussed money with her son, and so he had no idea that his parents couldn't afford even a used car. His parents hadn't even broached what is entailed with the responsibility of having a car, so he was expressing a dream. Instead of saying to her son, what are you, crazy? Betty took the situation and made it a relationship opportunity, and I invite all of us listeners and um people out there listening this morning to think about how situations that come up could be made into a relationship opportunity. So here's what Betty did. Betty went to her husband and she told him what their son wanted for Christmas. And after her husband asked her, what is he, crazy? Betty initiated the conversation about how much should be spent for Christmas gifts. And after she and her husband agreed on a certain amount. They called a family meeting to discuss the holiday gift budget. So as not to shame their son's wish to get a car for Christmas, they told their two teens what the budget was going to be, and it was going to be $150 apiece. And they told their kids that $300 was what they had been able to save for Christmas gifts this year, and they were going to split it evenly between them. So... The son who asked for the car said, really, $150, that's all? And neither Betty or her husband responded to this remark because there was no need. Once you respond to a remark from a teen like that, you're never going to win. And his brother, who was in sixth grade, said, wow, that's a lot. And neither parent responded to him either because there was no need. So then they continued the conversation over lunch. And Betty and her husband invited their sons to research gifts that they wanted Santa to bring them. They suggested that each boy print out a picture of the gifts they wanted and that the boys give them pictures with numbers on each picture. And the number one would indicate the gift that they wanted the most and so on and so forth. So when Betty was telling me this, I thought this was just an amazing idea. Let me continue telling you what she did. So after lunch, the brothers spent the rest of the afternoon researching what they wanted for Christmas and how much each item would cost. And when they were done, they delivered their prioritized pictures to their parents, and the entire family discussed what gifts they wanted and which gifts they wanted the most. I don't think most of us parents, I know I didn't, ever had this kind of discussion with their kids. It was like, okay, we have some idea of what you want, and then we'll try to hope Santa Claus brings it. So what an outcome. Betty and her husband said, um, 
uh, we'll call her husband Tom, had a great discussion. And Betty and Tom created a Christmas budget. They collaborated. And Betty and Tom had a family meeting with their sons about Christmas and the budget. And the family had lunch together. And their sons were invited to research what gifts they wanted. And the research was presented to Betty and Tom by their kids. And this family of four then had another conversation about what gifts they wanted most. And what could have been a shaming and demeaning moment for their oldest son turned out to be such a memorable occasion focused on holiday budget setting, on eating together, on researching what was wanted for Christmas, and on a further discussion about the gift choices. Betty created a memorable relationship-building day for her family, and it was probably a tradition-setting day, too, because she's role-modeling for her sons what they could do with their family in the future. So um, we can all do this. Whatever your finances, set a budget and invite your spouse or partner and your kids to participate in letting you know what they'd like for Christmas that fits in that budget. And if you have no money for holiday gifts, make your gifts. Be creative. Creative. And if your children still believe in Santa, um, discuss that. Discuss Santa's budget. Make up something like that. Kids love this kind of idea. So on that note, I want to introduce Dr. Susan Malba, who is with us from San Diego, California. And she has been a mental health representative for the Pain Charter and the Bioethics Committee. And she has experience with substance abuse services and crisis intervention and preventative education. So kind of what we're doing today is preventative education. And Dr. Malbuff is a psychologist who has provided clinical care inside and outside of the United States. And I think in that respect, she has a very universal viewpoint about mental health. And currently, Susan works at one of the most, the country's most um, well-known HMOs and largest HMOs, and there she's received numerous awards for her expertise in the field of psychology. I invited her here today because I know she had many holidays in which she had to be creative with gift-giving. Dr. Malbeth, welcome to the Relationship Radio Program. I am so happy to have you as our guest today. And I wish you'd tell us a little bit about what you do as a clinical psychologist. Well, <clears throat> thank you so much for having me. I appreciate this opportunity to chat with you and, and uh, speak to your viewers. Uh, and that was a, a, a very kind and thoughtful introduction. I've been working uh, with active duty military members, veterans, and their families for the past 13 years. I primarily provide individual psychotherapy for a broad spectrum of mental health concerns. And I also actively participate in program development that addresses the unique stressors uh, associated with uh, being an active duty military member, those who have served uh, as in the military, or to those who are a child, spouse, or a loved one uh, of an active duty military member or a retired active duty military member. Wow, that sounds like a really important job. Um, what were your holidays like as a child? My holidays were quite lavish. Uh, it was a several-day uh, celebration for my family that began on Christmas Eve. 
and extended family would gather together, and we would share meals and exchange presents. And I remember a lot of food and a lot of gifts. And um, I recall that before dinner was usually the time between children and adults. And then at dinner, the children would sit together at one table while the adults sat together at another table. And for my family, we would open gifts in the evening on Christmas Eve instead of the more traditional Christmas morning. And the children would open presents first. And once we were all put down to bed, the adults would then do their gift exchange. And uh, my brothers and I can remember uh, listening to the adults talking and laughing uh, rather late into the night. And then on Christmas Day, yes. Go ahead. On, on Christmas Day, uh, family would return. Uh, and the children were able to spend the afternoon admiring or playing with the abundance of gifts that they had received uh, before we all sat down for another large Christmas dinner. And then after Christmas Day, it continued uh, with my great-aunt and great-uncle taking my brothers and I out to a brunch at a well-known restaurant, and then either back to my parents' home or my grandparents, who, who lived nearby, where family would meet up again for another large meal. So throughout my childhood, this all seemed very normal. Uh, but as I grew older, I realized that the abundance of food and, and gifts was really over the top. Um, my brothers and I were always appreciative and grateful for the generosity of our relatives and our parents. But what I didn't realize is that it unintentionally established a precedence for how the Hollies days were supposed to be. I thought this is how families celebrated, and this was the tradition that my brothers and I uh, were going to participate in as we grew older and uh, started our own careers and our families. Um, but what happened is it ended up being somewhat of a struggle for all of us as uh, we grew older and moved out on our own. Um, as we had little knowledge of how much money it was taking to prepare for these holidays and how much money it uh, probably cost for the amount of gifts that were being uh, given out. Yeah, I, I can just imagine that having maybe a feeling that as you grew up, you had to keep up with what your family used to do, and they were probably more established than you were as, for example, a college student. So on that note, how did, did um, these holidays change after you moved out of your parents' home? Well, my family had become a little disjointed, uh, as I'm sure a lot of uh, people have experienced throughout their lives. It was primarily because there were some disagreements amongst extended family members, and my two older brothers were absent. Um, I uh, unfortunately had a brother that was struggling with chemical dependency, and my other brother had joined the Navy, which uh, often had him away during the holidays. Uh, I was in college, therefore I, I tended to be the most connected interpersonally and geographically. So even though it wasn't the large gathering it used to be, my parents did make sure that there was a traditional holiday meal for those that were able to be, make it home, and that there was an abundance of gifts still for everybody 
even if those gifts had to be mailed to those that were absent. Mm. Now, for me, what significantly changed is that I was an adult in college and now starting to purchase gifts. Well, that must have been a big challenge, and we're going to have to stop for a second to have a break. So we will come back in a minute or two. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Welcome back to Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio. We're here with Dr. Malbeth discussing Christmas budgeting and holiday shopping. So, Susan, did the changes that were made in your family affect your relationships with your family and with your friends? Um, not really. Uh, I believe they understood. Um, <clears throat> and as I was uh, saying shortly before the break, um, you know, I had I'd begin purchasing gifts, something that was never an expectation before I turned 18 and moved out of the house. Um, and what I didn't realize is it likely wasn't an expectation while I was away at college, but I assigned it to myself uh, as an adult. I thought, now I'm an adult, I'm in this family, so I'm expected to participate as all the other adults do which I had learned growing up was a lot of gift-giving. Um, but for me, I was using financial aid for t- classes to pay for my school and also working to pay for my other living expenses, um, something my parents had asked my brothers and I to do sort of as a, a rite of passage uh, to be uh, in, in the world. So I didn't really have much money, which was a new experience for me. But I still felt as an adult it's time to reciprocate this generosity. So now having to think about money, uh, which was never a conversation my parents had with my brothers or me, I had absolutely no idea how to budget. So I did what all smart, I, I did what all smart college students did, right? And I signed up for a credit card, which was (laughs) extremely easy back in my day. Uh, because they were allowed on college campuses and they would give us free candy or food uh, just applying for the card, which was always a treat right before going to class. But what ended up happening is 
I would be paying off the credit card well into the new year. And then some of my other wants and needs had to wait as I was getting out of debt from the holidays. So slowly over the years, the debt lasted longer and longer into the new year. And before I knew it, the holiday season was upon me again. So finally, I had to make some changes, which included creating some type of budget. But my budget still wasn't good enough uh, because I considered budgeting just not giving so many gifts or just not as expensive gifts. But I was able to be successful in making some changes um, to not accrue so much debt. And I think what my, my family and friends, how they reacted was that um, they, they never had the expectation. So um, there, w- there was always that gratitude um, and, and acknowledgement of my thoughtfulness, even though I gave less gifts and the gifts weren't as expensive. So the change I made... Uh, was effective, but I also decided to have that conversation with my parents about my financial struggles, which was um, eye-opening to them because they had no idea. So they were very supportive and very understanding um, of my current situation. So the, the, the changes were received positively, but I think it's because I finally um, took the initiative to kind of tell my parents, uh, I, I don't really know what I'm doing. We've never had these conversations, and now um, I'm financially stressed. You know, that's so interesting, Susan, because I think so many of us parents don't even think about holiday traditions for our now adult or college age or high school age students and then our kids. And our kids think, oh, my gosh, Christmas is always going to be like this, and, and we don't prepare them for the budget or the kinds of changes that they have to make. So you had to make a holiday budget, as you said, and did you ever have to be creative with your gift giving to stay in your budget? And if so, how did you do that? Um, so, yes, I, I eventually figured out how to create a budget that works, but it, it, it took me many, many years. So uh, I encourage those who continue to struggle to uh, be kind to yourself with that and, and give it some time because uh, hope, the hope is you will eventually figure something out that works for you. But what I did initially let's, let's is back, I, Let's back up. Let's back up for a second. How did you create a holiday budget? What did you do? So initially I put away a little money um, every paycheck to spend a few months before the holidays. But there were often times I made excuses or there were legitimate reasons I needed to use what I had saved. So, for example, you know, being in college, uh, a car repair can be pretty expensive. So this sometimes left me with very little money uh, the few months before the holidays. And so I was feeling financially stressed and continued to charge gifts on my credit card, uh, which, <laughs> join again, Join the majority <laughs> of America. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, 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 and I, I'm sure people can relate that it would take me, again, several months to pay off after the holidays. And so I was doing this through my college years and, and even a few years beyond. And what I recognized is I began to associate the holidays with a have to and financially stressful rather than um, what I experienced as a child is it was a want to and it was a joyful holiday time. Um, and that's what I wanted for myself as an adult. So uh, growing tired of always paying off credit cards, 
I tried a different method that I continue to use today, and I set a budget. I divide it by 12 for the 12 months of the year, and I use this amount to guide my savings uh, or the amount I will spend on gifts each month. So with this, I've also started to make it a routine that while I'm online shopping or I'm out shopping, I'm somewhat on the lookout for gifts, um, which has been successful uh, in me being able to purchase a few gifts a month. And like so many of your listeners probably have done themselves, I created a space in my house in a closet. We call it the gift closet. And uh, inside, uh, I've learned to keep a notebook uh, where I record mm. the recipient, the gift, and the price. So this allows me to keep track of my gift list and how much I'm spending. And it's also really significantly decreased my stress, uh, specifically in the November and December months, because I don't have as much shopping to do. And so it's allowed me to return to my desired state of uh, I, I, I want to be out and shopping during the holidays, and it is a joyful holiday experience. And <clears throat> the um, other effect it's had is that it's been a great place to store um, gifts for other occasions throughout the year. I call them the all-purpose gifts. <laughs> so if I was uh, shopping or out traveling and saw something for a friend or a family member that they would really enjoy and I had spent my budget, um, but it wasn't their birthday yet or we still had a few months to go before the holidays, um, I would already have their gift. And I've, I've termed this, uh, which is not unique, uh, in what I call thoughtful shopping instead of impulsive shopping. And, again, it's really significantly decreased my stress of having to go out and shop not only for the holidays, but all of those things throughout the year, such as birthdays and dinner parties and um, housewarming events. Um, and it saved me that stress of those last-minute hassles related to having to run out and buy the gift and, and wrap it. And I just already have it, have it there in my, in my little gift closet. I think that is so creative, and it sounds like you've turned the holiday hustle bustle into a more rhythmic, I'll say, a more rhythmic way of shopping throughout the year so that you have a conglomeration of gifts for certain people, and you have a list, and every month you have a budget, and if probably I'm making this up because I don't know this, if you don't spend the budget that much, uh, that much of the budget every month, then you'll have an accumulation of more money that you can spend. Is that correct? Absolutely. A absolutely. I, and, and it's a work in progress. Uh, I, I think as most people, there, there are some times where I spend a, a, a little more, and, and you're right, though. Sometimes I spend a little less, and that, that always decreases the stress. So it sounds like you've had to be really creative with your gift giving to stay within your budget, but you spread it out so much that it's easier uh, I want to ask you briefly, how did you come up with that idea? Um, in, in, in being creative with my gift giving and staying with my budget, I, um, I, you know, for me, I became creative uh, by really trying to get out of consumerism. I don't wait for Black Friday or Cyber Monday. For me, 
Um, this led to a shopping spree of impulsive buying instead of what I would like to do as thoughtful buying. And then I also found that I wasn't only buying for others, but I tended to shop more for myself, which also put me out of my budget. And, and of course, <laughs> it's easier to rationalize, right? So, um, so you know, again, back in, in college and for a few years after while I was gaining some financial stability, I used to be creative in making calendars uh, with pictures of friends and family every month or places I had been that year. Uh, one year I purchased uh, very inexpensive uh, holiday tins and made an assortment of cookies for everyone. Um, I've also learned that some subscriptions to magazines can be affordable. Or, um, oddly enough, the monthly clubs such as a coffee club, monthly coffee club, or monthly um, chocolate club, have an option uh, to give the gift every few months. So instead of buying every month, you can um, have an option that it gets delivered once every three months. Um, so that would equal maybe four deliveries over, over the year, which also made this type of gift m more affordable. And I also received a lot of feedback from friends and family that this was the gift that kept on giving, so to speak. And a nice reminder to the recipient uh, throughout the, the, year, the, the year that uh, I thought of them during the holidays. So, Dr. Mailbox, we're going to have to stop for a moment and take another break. And listeners, we will be right back. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. So welcome back, listeners. We're with Dr. Susan Malbus this morning talking about Christmas and holiday gift-giving and budgeting. So, Dr. Malbus, let's return to where we left off about your creative ideas of giving gifts. I'm so impressed with how you came up with this. 
Talk a little well, bit more about it. Uh, thank you. Sure. Uh, one other thing I, I started to do uh, is during this time when I had to be really creative, being creative makes you think a little differently. And so I began to listen more uh, to what friends and family were were saying, um, which resulted in a significant uh, way of helping me stay in, within my budget. And what I mean by this is whenever my friends and family would talk about something that they were interested in, so for example, if I had a friend who told me that they started journaling or somebody had mentioned a restaurant that they enjoyed or I uh, know that somebody goes to um, church and is very faith-based or a friend or family member going through a divorce or entering into recovery, I would make a note uh, in my day planner, because that's what, that's what we used back then. Of course, the note today goes in my phone. And um, I'd reference this from time to time. And so my gifts would end up being something like a nice journal that I saw on sale or a gift card to a restaurant or a book of daily faith-based readings or a a little trinket tray with a positive saying or leather bracelet with a serenity prayer on it. And um, they were thoughtful and unique for the, the person at the time, and they were also typically reasonably priced gifts. And it sounds like you had to do what many of us have struggled with, and that is listen more in depth to what your friends are talking about and what they're telling you. And Absolutely. I, I want to ask you, it sounds like you did a lot of research in how to make this these budget changes for yourself. And how did you make gift-giving fun for you when you came from a family when there were just hordes of gifts and, and you didn't have any training in how to make changes or how to make gift-giving fun because you were, if I understood you, I'll infer from this, you were given money to go out and buy gifts and it was no thought associated with it. How did you make it fun? Uh, um, absolutely. And, and you're, you're 100% uh, on the mark because uh, for me as an adult and sometimes wanting to now host the holiday of, uh, events, um, I haven't had the um, financial abundance that my my parents had or, or what I experienced growing up. So I have uh, had to make some changes, and I've used a lot of methods that a lot of your listeners have likely heard before. Uh, maybe some they haven't. And um, we've done things like with friends, a cookie exchange or a fun travel mug exchange. We do a holiday decoration exchange sometimes. It just de it depends on the year. Sometimes we'll do a mystery grab bag gift exchange or we'll do something fun like an auction, an auction uh, gift exchange where then the, the money uh, raised for the gifts goes to a charity. And, of course, there's, there's always the secret Santa. So um, <laughs> we've, we've, we've done all those things. Um, but other ways that, that we've really um, tried to make some changes are for, for my group of friends and, and, and family – We've uh, instituted something where we divide up the time we spend opening gifts. And so we'll open half the gifts uh, before maybe with friends, before a luncheon, or with family before dinner. And then we'll do the other half after the meal. 
And what I found is this has allowed the spirit related to uh, giving and receiving gifts to be uh, prolonged in a way that it's allowed time for uh, all of us to spend time talking and sharing the experience of giving or receiving a gift. Um, and the gift exchange isn't rushed. I, I, I recall in the past it's been a uh, it's been fun, but it's been a, a very uh, quick event, and everyone's opening gifts, and it's and it's somewhat rushed. Um, and we've also started some rituals in in the context of gift giving where. My group of friends will get together and we'll do something like everyone will bring um, two of the same dessert. And while having coffee or a glass of wine with our dessert and, and spending time together, we'll draw names out of a hat. And the goal is to honor that friend or that family member by sharing a favorite story about them and what that person has meant to them over or, or us over the years. And um, then when it's time to leave, the gift is getting to choose what dessert you're going to take home, which is why everyone brings two. And this can also, this is also can be done with things like boxes of tea, uh, bottles of wine, favorite salads. It just depends on what you and your friends and family prefer and what type of, type of lifestyle you have. Um, and then we've also been creative where there's, there's ways to give gifts in, in your uh, immediate or extended family that become time-honored traditions. Um, so one thing we have is uh, we've created a holiday movie and a holiday game library. And what this has turned into, um, it's become quite the event because there's this unspoken competition uh, <laughs> of who can choose the out, most outrageous holiday movie or uh, uh, most outrageous game that we're all going to play. And the most important thing that I've found from making these changes fun is that it's creating more conversation and memories than any gift I can remember receiving. So when I think back now on the holidays that I've chosen to not be focused solely on the gift, I remember the experience rather than what I received. Wow, you know what? Can I and all of our listeners come to your house for the holidays? <laughs> that sounds like so much fun. I love it. So was there ever a time when you got a response um, to a negative response, especially to gifts you gave that weren't very expensive or that were handmade? Um, I've, I've never see it received an overtly negative response, but I certainly could tell when um, the person, the recipient may not have been impressed. And so um, when I am giving gifts now, and they typically aren't very expensive, they're pretty well received solely due to the fact of what I was mentioning earlier, where um, they're typically gifts that I've put some thought into based on the individual and what they would enjoy. And so what I mean by this, and so some examples are, um, I have a lot of friends with, with pets and children. And so the typical thing like a candle really probably isn't something they would, would use with all of that going on in their home. So I would do something like purchase an attractive flameless candle um, in, instead or... Um, one year I gave all of my friends uh, small bags of these little pocket-sized, nice-smelling hand sanitizer because we just kind of all carry them in our, in our purses, right? 
but it's, it's, it's something that's appreciated. And so my experience is that because it was something that was useful um, and, of course, didn't have to be expensive, it, it, it was well-received. And so it, it has been quite the different response than um, kind of giving a, a, a candle or um, chocolates or, or things like that. Well, um, I'm also wondering, and we're coming up on a break here, so just kind of briefly, um, when we have a holiday budget that is less than it used to be, we can say all kinds of negative things to ourselves, like I should have saved more money, or it will be embarrassing if I can't give others as expensive a gift as they give me, or I feel so cheap making my gifts. We can be so mean to ourselves. And... um, I wanted to know, could you tell us how you overcame any temptation to judge yourself by using the cost of your gift as a mirror for how you are as a person? Uh, absolutely, uh, because it, it was a mirror for, for me for a long time. And so I've really uh, learned to do some positive self-talk. I remind myself of the thought I put into the gift and the effort I made to purchase it wrap it and either deliver it myself or mail it. Um, and I've really learned to not be invested in the outcome. Um, my oh, attention... I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to be so worried about what people would think, what they would say, and once I was able to let that go and know that my intentions were thoughtful and sincere... Um, that that was good, that was good enough for me. Um, now, having said that, um, if, if if it was never acknowledged or reciprocated, um, uh, then I may uh, consider decreasing the amount spent or not continuing to to give gifts uh, to that individual in in the future and replace it with something like um, a holiday card or a smaller amount on a gift card. So um, I just stand in my own comfort with what I believe is um, appropriate and kind. Um, And I think it's also important to remind ourselves, especially with friends, that we can also unintentionally put others in uncomfortable positions when we do uh, give a lot of gifts or give gifts every year. Um, And we might be... um, inviting somebody to feel as if their, their gift they gave wasn't good enough simply based on the price or that they're obligated to spend more in the future. Um, and it may put them in an uncomfortable situation. So I've really tried to pay attention in, in the reaction to, to others to make sure that my gift giving, because I'm comfortable with it and I believe it's appropriate or kind, uh, isn't uh, unintentionally putting the other person in an uncomfortable situation. Well, I love that answer. And I also think that, you know, if, if our friendship is based on the amount I spend on your gift, it really isn't so much of a friendship. And with that thought, we're going to take another break. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. 
These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not so fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio. We are here with Dr. Susan Malva talking about budgeting for the holidays and gift-giving. So, Dr. Malva, outside of friends and family, do you give gifts to other people, or have you had to cut down the list of you give to? Um, absolutely. I used to give gifts to everyone. Uh, and I, I believe I, I learned this in a general sense uh, from my mother and my family growing up. My mother worked in a professional setting where it was very common uh, to give gifts to all of her clients and the staff in her office. And my extended family really believed in acknowledging others uh, by remembering them during the holidays. So I watched gifts go out everywhere, and they would go to neighbors and gardeners and mail carriers and sanitation engineers, um, you name it. And at first in college, um, I didn't have a profession, so uh, I didn't work in a place where that was common or expected. And my neighbors were other college students, and I never saw the mail carrier or the sanitation engineer because I lived in the dorms and apartments. But as I did begin my career... Can we reframe that for a second? Can we reframe that for a second? Because if anybody's a college student out there listening, um, I love to have the idea that you do have a career as a college student, and your career is about getting through college and getting that education. And so often I remember as a college student, it was like, ah, this is no biggie or this is so hard or whatever, but I never thought of it as a career. So I just wanted to intercept with that idea. Uh, Absolutely, and and I really, truly... uh, 
wish I had had that insight back then that that I had yeah. a job and my job was to be a student uh, to to continue on in life and so great great message and yes I but I I didn't see it that way back then but uh, absolutely it, it is absolutely a job to set you set yourself up for the future and and um, as I did begin my career I, I absolutely uh, followed suit <laughs> with what I had learned and um, I did give small gifts to colleagues and my administrative staff and supervisors and my hairstylist and the mail carrier, you, you name it. Uh, <laughs> I was given gifts outside of friends and family everywhere. <laughs> and um, what do you think about reducing the number of people we give presents to over the holidays? How do you feel about that? I think if you're comfortable with it and it's appropriate, do it. Uh, I learned how to do this uh, in years that were very lean for me, or I just actually made the decision and decided that uh, I was going to give it a try and see how I really felt about it. And what I realized is that it didn't make a difference in those relationships. And um, I ended up feeling better about reducing the amounts of gifts I was giving, not only because of the... The, the stress of making sure I'm, I'm purchasing those, those gifts, but the financial, um, the decrease in financial stress as well. And, um, and, and really, after all, what I also recognize is the majority of people I was giving uh, gifts to didn't reciprocate, which, which I understand is not uh, in the spirit of what gift-giving is about. Uh, I didn't need to be a, a, a acknowledged in that way, but I also realized I didn't need to be acknowledging those individuals in that way. Um, so I, I do still give those in the service industry that I've had long-term relationships with, such as my hairstylist and my mail carrier, a little something, like a box of chocolate or a, a small gift card. But, but I've really allowed myself to no longer feel that I need to be doing this with everyone I know um, over the holiday season. And also, as I was mentioning earlier with friends, you know, putting people in uncomfortable situations, um, you know, in, in today's culture, and it's unique to, to, to everyone's place of business, uh, there are now a lot of rules uh, about gift giving, and um, that can cause some, some stress w within the office that I uh, have been able to avoid by not doing this anymore. Yeah, you know, um, it occurs to me as I'm sitting here listening to you, that we don't consider the gift of time as a, a real gift, the, the gift of spending um, time over having a cup of coffee or mm -hmm. time going for a walk and having a conversation. The gift of time is less appreciated, I think, because our culture is more into video games and the Russian hustle of going to work and uh, putting dinner on the table. And I think that it what might benefit if, us all if we think about, wow, I've, I've spent an hour with this person. We gave each other a gift. We went for a walk. How lovely is that? Mm -hmm. So uh, it was just a thought that popped into my mind. Do you have any comments about that? Um, absolutely. And... Uh, uh, my husband and I have, have started to institute that more as our, our holiday ritual, more than the, the consumerism. Mm -hmm. So, you just said you're married. 
And uh-huh. I was wondering, do you create a holiday budget with your husband? Yes. Uh, for the for the first years we were married, we didn't have a budget, and of course that that kind of uh, resulted in some chaos. Uh, so now we make a list of all the parents, siblings, children, friends, and the others that we'd like to give gifts to. We assign amount an amount. And we come to a conclusion of an amount by trying to mirror uh, the um, the likely amount of the gifts that we received from from those individuals in the past, with the exception of children. Um, so, for example, if we typically receive a fifty dollar gift card to a store, we'll try to purchase a gift that is about fifty dollars. Uh, again, uh, m- more to not only keep in our budget, but to also keep within um, everyone's comfort level, so just to not unintentionally make somebody feel uncomfortable. And um, we spend some time discussing each individual, and we consider what we know about them. We consider their current interests and their current life situations. And then we have a good time uh, over a meal, maybe making a list of possibilities um, Hmm. for gifts that would be within the budget. So we really make it a, a relationship-building thing, and um, and it's fun. So, you know, one example is uh, one year my sister-in-law was really getting into baking. So we, we purchased some items uh, that were unique to making cakes and cookies, and, and she truly appreciated this, and it, and it didn't go over the budget. Um, of course, there, there are some years where we'll give special consideration for, for a gift or a circumstance. So, for example... If there's a child in the family who has just moved into their first apartment or is in their first year of college, uh, they might receive a gift or a gift card that is above the usual budget. Um, Or if there's a special occasion for a sibling or a parent, um, such as a membership to something or uh, a trip for a reunion that they wouldn't have otherwise uh, attended if if not paid for, uh, we'll take those into consideration and uh, through through our ability to have a conversation about it, um, if it's too much over our budget, we'll start to think of creative alternative workarounds uh, to actually give that gift instead of just dismissing it as an option. And what's worked for us is that we will ask other family members if they would like to split the cost, and then we, we give it as a joint gift. Um, and so it actually uh, has been a relationship-building tool for us with other family members and, um, you know, making sure everyone's included and um, being able to be more um, unified in that way. So uh, for my husband and I, most years what we do when we talk about our budget for each other is we'll agree on purchasing something for the home or uh, funding a, a home repair project. And this has been very fulfilling for both of us as a couple because these things can be somewhat expensive. Um, And so what we do is we tend to put them off throughout the year, even though there's something we want to do. So we'll usually agree on on something like that. And then we agree on a very small budget for each other. So when we are with friends or family, we do have things from each other to, to open and they're gifts that are a complete surprise. I love that, um, you know, putting aside the holiday so much or the emphasis on gift giving during the holiday and putting it into something you jointly save for over the year and then you have it 
get it done in your house or wherever. I had another question for you. Um, I remember back to when I was raising my children and I didn't do any of what we're talking about this morning because I didn't have the role model to do that or the wisdom. So what I did was I would buy my kids like tons of gifts. And um, there were so many gifts that I bought them because I had to have the latest um, whatever it was that they saw on TV that they really wanted and then on top of that more and more. But what I learned in retrospect is that all these gifts for kids aren't really appreciated. It's sort of overwhelming. And I remember having a three-year-old who got so many gifts, and his favorite thing was to go in the pot and pan cupboard and take everything out and bang it with a wooden spoon. And so I had all these other toys, the farms, the schoolhouses, the, the, I can't remember because my kids are grown, the, um, the hobby horse back and forth, and, and the pots and pans that were there were the favorite gift. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like holiday overwhelm. Do you have any thoughts about that? Um, somewhat of what I was clear is um, that creating the memories um, has been more important than the gift itself. And so getting creative and and doing a holiday movie or uh, playing holiday games or making it an event rather than about the gift exchange has been the most memorable. And it it reduces stress. Um, And I know for, for, for my husband and I, now that we've been able to communicate and create a budget, um, we enjoy the holidays and tend to have more time together and enjoy the season rather than having conversations about needing to shop and how much money we're spending. And um, I find that um, creating these type of rituals allow us to be more organized, focused, we're better able to uh, enjoy the holidays and, uh, and, and, and it's allowed us to create some pre-holiday couples rituals, such as instead of shopping after the weekend of Thanksgiving, we have wrapping parties because we already have the oh, gift. That um, sounds like so much fun. It's it's really fun, and we, and we we found that we we do want to go out into into kind of the craziness of the holiday shopping because we're not rushed and stressed to shop. We um, enjoy the holiday decorations and the lights of local shopping areas, and we um, leisurely shop, and we're not hurried through lunch if we're going to eat lunch out. Um, and so uh, it's, it's really that's what's made the holidays more memorable than any gift. Well, I was sitting in one of the groups I facilitate last night, and I had we were sort of having a discussion like you and I have been having this morning. And um, one of my patients who has two five-year-old twins was saying that because of her budget and her lack of money, she's divorced, um, she has established for the last two years this ritual of taking her twins putting them in the car and going around looking at the holiday um, decorations that people do on their houses. 
And she said they look forward to this. They ask about it. They love it, and they do it two times a year. They do it um, for Christmas, and they do it for Halloween. And it has become a joyous time-spending ritual where you take an apple and put it in the car, and, and you're out at night with mom, and you take your blanket, and it's just, she said, it's just been so wonderful, and it doesn't cost any money. <laughs> so, I again, I so support your idea of spending time and doing activities and shopping through the year, I think, is a brilliant idea, but I want, want to ask you one question about that. Does that keep you in a shopping mode, and do you tend to overspend it all because you're shopping through the year, or are you shopping just for specific things? Well, I'm shopping for specific things. They don't always end up being specific. Again, you know, for example, if, if um, I, I have a friend who maybe in, in, in recovery, it, it may be some kind of inspirational journal or a, a saying or something, something like that. So, shopping. Um, I am always looking at my list and making sure that uh, I'm not spending more every month than than I should be. That is that is true. But I, I think the greatest the the best things are is uh, making a list of everyone you plan to give gifts to, assigning amounts. Um, and uh, another thing I'd like to share is don't forget to factor in the shipping costs for those that you might be mailing gifts to. And to remember that the holidays just aren't about gift giving. There are other costs that we typically tend to forget about, such as decorations, food, drinks. So creating a budget for those uh, decorations and food and planning menus with approximate costs can also um, be very, very helpful. And I really enjoyed what you were saying about um, the individual who is sharing what she does with her children because you can create holiday traditions that, that aren't just giving gifts, that there are free community light shows, there are free concerts, there are plenty of neighborhoods and businesses that put on great uh, One minute, areas Anne. of decorations and lights. So, and the, oh, the other there? thing my parents have done is um, they've started to pass down family heirlooms as gifts. I love that and, idea that you said. Right. So um, it, it's it's been it's been great because it's something that'll that'll stay in our family. So uh, I would say you know the best thing we can do is give ourselves the gift of not being financially stressed and enjoying the holidays and by by budgeting. Mm-hmm. One minute, less than so, one minute. Oh, yep. Okay. Quickly, Susan. Um, is there any advice you give our listeners who are financially struggling this holiday? Absolutely. Uh, so the things that I, I was just mentioning before, uh, other holiday traditions, such as you had also mentioned, is free community. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.